Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Old Taco Connection. I'm a bit worn out. <clears throat> I got a cold, and my niece refused to take a nap today, so uh, editing was a bit of a pain. But I managed to get it done. Hopefully, we'll be able to get this up on time. Uh, I feel like there was something else I needed to tell you guys. I don't know what. Let's hope I remember it before I record the closing to this thing. But yeah, obscure OVA month, running strong. This uh, next one is download. Not a whole lot to say that the episode doesn't, so please enjoy. Today's anime inspired me. Oh, really? In what way? I don't really... I'm not sure that I remember. But huh. I remember seeing the world... Oh, you know what it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been... I, I don't know if you played Westerado. No. It's like a... Uh, it's a Western game that was free on AdultSwim.com. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I guess the developers re-released it and expanded it and changed some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it's, and I got it in a Humble Bundle the other day. Oh, nice. Uh, along with a Cyberpunk game, which I haven't touched yet, but I probably will try to tonight. Ah. Uh, because this thing got me in the mood. Okay, yeah. But I was thinking, like, I do that a lot where, I'm, where I, I think about two disparate ideas or one thing from another that what I think would be cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, my idea was... Actually, I'm just kind of curious to see if it exists somewhere. Yeah. Like a cyberpunk theme set in a western? Like, that's not steampunk. Um, I remember, and it's not quite that. Um, I don't remember. I've been, every once in a while I try and find the name of this movie because it was like a weird-ass straight-to-video thing, straight-to-video series that would run on pay-per-view back in the... But early ass nineties, I think. Um, it was a western, but it had like weird elements. Like a, you had this like weird ragtag group. Uh, I think the villain was some kind of alien. I want to say there was a cyborg somewhere that was weird, anachronistic bits of tech. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, but like a, not a, not to that degree. I think it was more just Anachronism City. Yeah. The idea I had was, like, maybe, and it needs to be developed further, like I just thought of it today, would be, like, it's a world where electricity was found and really developed, but, like, combustion wasn't. So there'd be no, like, trains or anything. It's, it's funny you mention that. I've been, like, playing with the same idea of, like, a world that progresses without combustion mm-hmm. but uh sorry continue no that was basically it so mm-hmm. that was just how i was trying to get to that place okay when she busted that door wide open <laughs> she came in there like the kool-aid man <laughs> <laughs> did you guys go trick-or-treating uh yeah we did well was she uh she was a she was a princess it's mm-hmm. funny, like, uh, she'd actually, like, bow and curtsy when she told people she was a princess. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what was I was thinking? Uh, maybe one thing that was probably subconsciously dancing around in your head when you came up this was, a uh, Wild Wild West. Because <laughs> I mm-hmm. think there's a lot, well, there's a lot of, like, mechs and bits of anachronistic technology in there. Yeah, sort of, but it's still like steam based. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Would you consider that a steampunk movie? Um, a box office smash. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. This is probably just where you. That's where it gets tricky. Where you have to start like researching weird shit. Like, how did we get electricity? How does storing energy work? How does? Yeah, yeah you basically have to like. Like, electricity without combustion, and then, like, looking to, like, mechanization and shit like that. And 
Hmm. Let me think. Let me think. Where do I start with this? Uh, you got anything in mind for how to start this show? Big old Asian butts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... I'm kind of curious about that because it was like maybe maybe two women in this anime total, and they each have at least one scene where they're just totally like stacked and fan serviced out, and mm-hmm. like I kind of wonder is this supposed to be through the eyes of the main character or were the people who made this just really horny? I think both, <laughs> but I kind of. I appreciated it somewhat. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's nice. It was cool. Ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners, we're still on the uh, obscure OVA month. And uh, this, unlike the other two, wasn't a blind viewing. I originally discovered this via a YouTube channel, I think called El Famoso Demon. And this guy just uh, makes a... Um, music video using clips from various sources in the like uh, 80s and 90s and one of those videos had clips from this anime in it and it looked kind of neat so I checked it out and uh, while I enjoyed it I had to watch it three times before it all made complete sense to me (laughs) and even after the third time the anime still feels like a fever dream Mm. it's interesting that you said that before I watched it and I understand why you say that, but also it reminds me a lot of Blade Runner, and it definitely references Blade Runner. Well, yeah, they have, like, the magic camera scene in there. Yeah, with the same sound effects. Mm-hmm. But Blade Runner, to me, has always felt like a, a, a dream, and it's a movie about dreams, kind of. Yeah. It's very like so it's funny that you say that about this. Mm-hmm. I understand why you say that. Um, some, of was it, it, some of it is like the color scheme. And yeah. it, it's a combination of the color scheme and the franticness of it. Yeah, I was able to follow it in a general sense. There's some nitty-gritty details that I kind of tuned out because I, I don't think they really mattered. But yeah. uh, uh, The villain setup was... Strange. The whole thing was kind of strange, but it was really fun, and it was really pretty. And I was kind of sad that the quality of the videos we watched was. Yeah, that's probably another element of it too. Like this looks like a, a dubbed VHS, <laughs> like a copy of a copy. Yeah, because it looked really pretty. Mm-hmm. I could tell. Like this is something I'd really like to see get like the remastering process or whatever the fuck it is they do yeah it's really charming the animation seems really fluid it's uh, the animation is a bit weird to me in that it feels like it's decent but they utilize some like weird cartoony cheats mm-hmm. like uh, weird animation breaks and not quite speed lines but like kind of like drawing an effect as an in-between animation Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the characters are very animated. Like, yeah, they're, it, like, hyper-expressive. Yeah, but it didn't feel... Like, you know, that kind of hyper-expressive, I feel like I haven't seen that much mm-hmm. back during this time. I feel like in the early 2000s especially, and probably mid to late, it kind of got overblown like it just well i want to say it was more like the kind of stuff you see now is more in the face and in emoting whereas um this is more like over the top mannerisms and body language but i mean that stuff's it felt i don't know something about it felt different than because there's still like body language stuff like since like the year 2000 uh, it's also not as tropey. Yeah, that's the kind of shit that would turn a lot of people off, I feel like. Yeah, no, it's not like sad face with the tears pouring out or like the dot, yeah. dot, dot, the sweat drop, the lines. It's yeah. It feels like they put more effort into it. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, the the main character reminded me sort of of like a mix between Kentaro and Lupin. Yeah, kind of. Um, kind of like uh, I could I could see that in that uh, he's a lot more capable than he lets on. Seems to be kind of hapless and thinks with his dick. Yeah, real horny. Yeah. It it was weird. It felt like. Like Golden Boy meets Akira. Yeah, that might be the like most apt description because there's a <laughs> lot of Akira in this, mm-hmm. and this came out a ways sometime after Akira. Like I want to <laughs> say Akira is like eighty, late eighties. I'm not sure when exactly, but this is actually ninety two. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it uh, also reminded me a lot of Hackers as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, well, cyberpunk. It's yeah, same uh, sort of thing. Hackers was later, but I I don't know. I really enjoyed this. I love cyberpunk, and this felt like yeah. Thing the thing I like about Hackers too is it's not like an uber broody cyberpunk, which I'm fine with. But like, there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, I feel like it's unique to have to like inject some humor into cyberpunk. Yeah, like, like it was fun, like hackers. Mm-hmm. Well, part of it too is that there's a lot of elements to cyberpunk. I mean, the big stuff, the big one is, of course, the uh, computer heavy machinery type deal, and to a slightly, slightly lesser extent, the dystopian future. That's a nice shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we have video, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not sure how much of that, how much of instances like that will make it in, but uh, in case some of them do. But um, I did a sexy dance. Like I think it's uh, interesting to see cyberpunk depicted without necessarily all the elements because there's other elements such as uh, mega corporations, pollution, disenfranchisement amongst peoples, um, hacking. Hacking, yeah. It, it's nice to really go in uh, to see like ventures that go in on some elements and not necessarily all of them, so it's not the consistent setting of like the far off future of blank. Mm-hmm. Like, this feels kind of uh, modern day with the exception of the crazy computer tech. Yeah, it felt like, it, interesting you say that, it didn't feel like it was, like, today in the future to me. It felt I, like uh, in the far off year of 1980, blank, it, 1980X. It felt like it was its own world. Mm-hmm. Its own rules. Yeah, well, I think uh, some of that is also helped, and this is an element I appreciated, in that the main character is a Buddhist monk. Yeah. That you have a very, like, ancient world element with this main character. I think that was another reason so, why yeah. I was thinking about that whole Western thing. Mm-hmm. About how I'd like, I'd like to see the weird old world things. It's, it's also a, an interesting example of like, old-world things that don't make sense in, like, like as the times change. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, people can disagree with it, but I, I feel like religion, like, I understand the functions of it, but mm-hmm. I feel like technology is filling in a lot of those functions. So it's, it's still relevant to a lot of people, but I think in the future, it's going to change... But it was interesting to see like a monk mm-hmm. in a still doing the same thing in like the future, like trying to, which is like trying to sell people things on the street. Yeah, well, also his uh, primary job, which is uh, at a funeral home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess minor, not necessarily a counterpoint to your point, but like maybe where religion will persist more in that um, it's not what people are turning to for answers about the here and now mm-hmm. but I think it'll persist in regards to things that have no 
that don't have an answer, like uh, why yeah. are we here, the purpose of existence. Yeah. You know, it's... the things that, you know, don't have answers in my mind as a spiritually minded person, I think those don't have answers for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of, like, Buddhism and all whatever they have. They have, to me, they're, they're interesting theories or, you know, answers for some people. But mm-hmm. then I, I see what you mean by, like, there's other shit, like, like getting together on a day of the week with your community. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about your problems and, like, help each other out. Yeah. That sort of thing is, like, now we have, like internet forums where you can talk to people or like chats yeah kinda um to go any further in this would set us down like a, a long ass shit where I could probably talk for hours I don't want to go too much into that but uh I see I see what you mean in this regard though mm-hmm. that like um the religion in itself feels a bit out of place in this future world but it makes the character stand out in an interesting way. Yeah. I also appreciate it. And it's also like, when you think about it, like his his weird sex obsession mm-hmm. as part of being a monk, like, is that... Like, they say his dad was the same way. Mm-hmm. So I got it from him. But also it's... I don't know, it just made me think, or it's making me think about... Like, how hard it is to... Because there's so many old-world values, and they just get, like, overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. the zeitgeist. (laughs) I can tell you that from experience when I was uh, purely Catholic, Mm -hmm. that the bane of my existence was discovering that impure thoughts was a sin. (laughs) (laughs) Shit makes you crazy. I was raised Christian, and I remember... I might might have said this before, but there was like a uh, a youth group I went to where they said lots of dumb shit. But one of the things they said was like, "Oh, if you're like walking down the street and you look at somebody else, like you check them out, it's like you're cheating on your future spouse." <laughs> or like, sex yeah. is like cheap. The more you pull it off, and the tape less it, it sticks. <laughs> Yeah, where it's like I don't know. I would go home and be like, uh, "I gotta jack off." I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's like the chick I, at that youth group was hot. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta take care of something. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, he was really funny that way, and it's mm. it's funny because like my to see my parents who still considers themselves Catholic. It's weird because my grandma just died and. There was like a priest that came and talked to her, and like they prayed, and like a family member. It's funny. My auntie was like, "Just say a prayer." Or she was like, "Can you say a prayer?" And then this bitch pulled out the rosary, mm-hmm. and so sitting there listening to the rosary, and people, and they were all like joining in, and that went on like twenty minutes. Yeah, my auntie was just like, "I just wanted a short prayer." <laughs> I didn't want a ritual. It's like somebody lights some incense. And... Yeah. I can't remember where I was going with that, but... It's just... Uh, there's a fascinating dynamic. Yeah. It was a... It's a, it's an interesting uh, uh, place to have the character occupied, or uh, to ha- make the character's occupation in a cyberpunk anime. Do you really... It's one of those, like, mundane elements you don't really think about, especially in, like, genre films. It's yeah. like, normally you think cyberpunk, you're like, okay, what's this guy? Is he a criminal, a detective, a cop, or a hacker? Yeah. And, I mean, this guy did turn out to be a hacker, but he's also, like, a Buddhist monk working at a funeral home. And, and I thought that was cool. But it was kind of neat. The point I was trying to make was, like, it's it's like you can look at that and find what I was talking about before today. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents, like, they f- kind of follow the basic guidelines yeah. of, like, don't be a shitty person, but, like, mm-hmm. everything else is out the window. I want to say... Most people are like that. The majority of people at like following religions are just looking at the basic tenets 
and not really going in in depth like the average person you're going to meet at that church is probably not going to have a particular bible passage that (laughs) is their go-to deal or yeah well i was surprised when i was working in retail a few years ago uh like around springtime i was really shocked at how many people were talking about that they were going to give something up for lent mm-hmm. i was i remember those conversations weird. It's like i didn't know you guys still existed it's strange yeah like, it's like you're gonna give up chocolate are you gonna give up chocolate forever <laughs> uh, it's it's funny is uh, i I have this experience too, not because uh, I'm a, because I actually do adhere to some spiritual shit, but um, most of the people I interact with on a regular basis don't. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of, kind of in that world by default. But uh, I'm not as like weirded out when I uh, find myself outside and people are talking about, oh yeah, Lent, oh yeah, God willing, blah blah blah. But it's. It's weird. You forget. Not mm. only that, um, you know, this uh, whole other worldview exists, but that it's actually in the majority of people. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to do that in general. I mean, just look at the election. It's easy to get caught in your own mm-hmm. world. And then when someone, like, butts up against it and, like, says something that is, like, the exact opposite of your entire existence, you're just like, I can't believe this is real. I'm usually not as weirded out by people saying it as much as when people try to include me into it. Like, uh, I don't know if I've told this story on the show. It's it's safe to talk about now that I don't work at this thrift store. <laughs> but uh, I was uh, helping some lady un- unload her donations. And she was like, oh, I'm, I'm so glad you you came to help me. Like, me in particular. And I was like, oh, I thought she was just being nice. Okay, thank you for helping me. Thank you for doing your job. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And she, like, looks over at the other two guys. It's like, I mean, she, she says, like, uh, I'm, I'm happy to get, like, like an actual American helping me. Because the other two guys were, one was from uh, Afghanistan and the other was from Dubai. <laughs> Got noticeable accents. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I was on the bus. This yesterday. is happening. <laughs> I was on the bus yesterday. Coming back, fucking suck. There's this, there's this Vato on the. He had, you know, he was super like Mexican American. He had a Raiders tattoo on his hand. Damn. Covered in tats, like talking to his girl on his phone. I was like, fucking shit. What the fuck? What do you want me to do? I don't want. What do you want me to do, bro? I don't know what you want. Go then. You can do what you want. But like. This old black lady was sitting next to him, and I was getting irritated. Mm-hmm. He was annoying. And then she said something to him, and she was like, hey, you can use that language here, blah, 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 like, don't use it. And he was just like, I'm not talking to you. Like, he was, for all intents and purposes, kind of polite about it. Like, he was like, I'm not talking to you. Like, this isn't This isn't directed at you. And then he kind of chilled out a little bit on the phone. Mm-hmm. But then this bitch like, starts talking about, like, you need to go back to your old country. You're going to stop. Like, oh. Gets off and, is, and like, stop to talk to the bus driver on her way out. He was like, he needs to, like, go back to his own country. He's going to come in here cuss like that. Jeez. Yeah. That's sad. You get somebody gets upset and they just, like, default to the lowest ass shit. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's weak. Tangent. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of race, I, I know it's a, an anime, but it... And speaking to that part again, of him being a Buddhist monk, it still felt like there was a... It had that Blade Runner feel of, like, mm-hmm. it's the future. Yeah. It's all mixed up, but it's still got this strange Asian vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Which is Japan, but still... Well, you know what it is? It's um, the culture crossover, I think, is maybe what you're getting at. Mm -hmm. Like, there's like a weird uh, fetishization with Japan and a lot of uh, cyberpunk uh, efforts in the the States or in the West. Whereas in this movie, the soundtrack is predominantly, like, 
like a blues country type cross type deal. It's like English language blues. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of bebop in that regard. Yeah. The other thing that I was going to say is that bebop has like episodes that are kind of like this. Yeah. Well, when I thought about the, uh, um, the death mail, I immediately thought of brain scratch. Yeah, exactly. Also, that's probably, that's another, probably where I was getting that Western weird idea. Plus cyberpunk vibe. Yeah, the music. Bebop does that, but it kind of does it in like separate. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think the uh, cyberpunk fascination with Japan comes from just all the technology. Yep. When cyberpunk was getting big, coming from Japan, and mm-hmm. so the I guess the idea is that Japan just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and so they're just everywhere. Yeah. With their businesses and their workers. Well, yeah. It, like like in Blade Runner, the fact that um, oh, is it um, Gaff finds Deckard at like a little uh, noodle mm-hmm. cart. <laughs> yeah, Edward James almost. <laughs> you did a man's job, sir. <laughs> that's that's one of those things I want to find like the right context to say in real life. <laughs> Just go up to a guy and be like, "You did a man's job." <laughs> we gotta, man. Once, when's Anthony Bourdain gonna open up his his Blade Runner market? Oh yeah, just walk around that place in a trench coat for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> man, and retire people. <laughs> it's like, did you just kill that woman? Not killed, retired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Blade Runner in this anime, a lot of Akira in this anime. Um, that that bike that the uh, monk guy is on by the end of it is like a um, chipified version of Kaneda's bike. Yeah, pretty much. With armor. Almost exactly. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this world a lot. Yeah. So, is there a way to get more? Unfortunately, no. This was a um, this was a wholly original effort, and I'm not sure if it was like a passion project or if it was a cash in on some popularity in Japan at the time. If they were like trying to make some money off some cyberpunk stuff, or if this was just something uh, the uh, writer wanted to make. Is the uh, guy who directed this was also the script and sc- like the script and screenwriter of this. Mm-hmm. So it was either a passion project or something he was commissioned to do. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's. Um, yeah, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot like this in the sense of the weird crossover. Like, you can find a lot of stuff that has, like, does the separate elements of it really well. Mm. And, uh, we'll get into that with recommendations. Mm. Um, let me check over my notes real quick. What's the guy's name? So, he works under the pseudonym of Rintaro. I read that in the Hiragana. I was like, yeah. what is that? Mm. This is, uh, I think his real name is, uh. Sh- Shigeyuki Hayashi. Hmm. Um, he's kind of all over the place, but uh, falls off a bit around like mid 2000s. Like the last thing it looks like he did was a film called Yona Yona Penguin in 2009. <laughs> so uh, worked a lot in the uh, throughout the 80s and 90s. Well, throughout the 80s and mid-90s, there's a bit of a cutoff at about 96, where he, which is uh, him directing the X movie. Huh. I saw that. It made no sense to me. Well, uh, maybe he just likes visually appealing things. Hmm. Because I'm trying to look at the other stuff here. Um, Did you see the X movie? I didn't. I wasn't watching it dedicated. I had it on in the background at one point because, mm-hmm. like, I'd missed a good chunk, and I want to. I hear a lot about that thing, so I want to like devote myself to it when I legit watched it. Mm-hmm. But it was on in the background at one point, and I was just kind of looking at it, and it was like, "Damn, this thing is pretty." 
I don't remember a damn thing except that they were titties that I probably paused and jacked off. <laughs> um, but I remember getting the feeling, or maybe it was even said to me, that it was part of a bigger series. Yeah, well, yeah, it was uh, part of an ongoing anime. This was one yeah. of those um, uh, advertisement for the manga type efforts. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if it was an OVA as much as a full-on film, but it's kind of like a super condensed uh, version of the story with its own ending. Because I think the manga is still ongoing. I'm not sure if the series, the the anime series they did for it, has its own ending, or if it just kind of like ends at the battle continues type deal. But anyway, <laughs> what did you think of the plot for this? Can you explain um, it? Yeah. I but I want to hear what you have Well, there's there's a bit to go into, because i got a theory on why this plot works like this, after mm-hmm. looking into elements of Buddhism in regards to the main character, as well as the name of the anime, the full name. But it sounds like uh, what you have is a your typical cyberpunk megacorporation, mm-hmm. who, amongst other things, create uh, cyber helmets, which are like... Uh, an element of computers in this point in time. This is back when we thought shit was just going to get bigger and more elaborate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> versus con- versus uh, condensed. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, the two computers you see in this uh, anime are, like, massive rigs with, like, 15 different screens and the dedicated helmet. and <laughs> looks lo- looks really cool in there and is uh, surprisingly simple in that it's just, like, lights in the dark room. But, um... So the uh, movie starts with somebody receiving what's called the death mail, which uh, tells them that, you know, you will experience the seventh sense uh, (laughs) psi-magnetic ecstasy (laughs) if you do blank. They don't tell you blank, but every time we see somebody uh, contract this, it uh, maintains through the helmet as they, like, walk out of the room and eventually either go crazy or kill themselves. So the idea is that this uh, mega corporation is attempting to literally infect everyone in downtown and turn downtown into, into his own empire. Why? I don't know. I guess he's greedy and wants his own empire. But apparently the purpose of infecting these people is to weed out like the weak. It's like mm. a might makes right Darwinist type thing. Like those who are mm. left. Like... It seems like the the helmets are gonna like literally mind control these people and make them obedient in exchange for the psi magnetic ecstasy, mm-hmm. and so those who are left will be like his dedicated subjects, soldiers. I don't know what he doesn't indicate what he's gonna do after he's taken over downtown. Just states that he's gonna make it the source of his empire. And you know this guy is evil because he's like super tiny and has like evil devil ears. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he wear a red suit? In a red suit, yep. Yeah. He's tiny Satan. Uh-huh. And he gets driven around in a limo everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just kinda he's just kinda non existent until you need to like identify the source of this uh death male phenomena. Mm-hmm. And even then the death male death male phenomena is kind of going on in the background too. The main character isn't even pursuing it till like the like thirty minute point in the movie, I think. Uh huh. He's really just chasing ass. Yeah, which, well, not quite with him. Uh, more so the uh, girl he's chasing and partially is leading him on seems to have discovered that he's a secret, serious business hacker. Mm-hmm. And is trying to get something out of him, which I guess amounted to the help she got by the end of the movie. And the big twist is that she's Chinese. I think. Or no, wait, we know that because her name is like... There's a big sign and her last name's like Wong. No, I think that's just the name of the bar. No, that's Because they call her Namiho throughout the film. Yeah, you're right. It's just that she's wearing the Chinese dress. Age name... Well, she sings in Chinese at the end. But it was that same song uh, he was singing when he picked her up that first time. 
He picked her up and he was singing a song? Yeah. I think it's some kind of, like, Buddhist prayer song. Oh, I see. <laughs> but I see, that's I... the thing. That's like, there's, like, too much deliberate shit going on there for that not to be something. Mm-hmm. Like, like they've got her in that outfit done up in that way that you just assume she's Chinese and she dances at a bar called Susie Wong. And she's, well, her Chinese singing was pretty on point, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she might have been. So was she trying to get the deaf male virus? Yeah, they don't indicate for purpose. what purpose. Yeah. And this Good is um, this is a point yeah. in... Uh, our knowledge of computing and technology that we're still kind of clueless in that the death mail virus is a physical item. Yeah. Well, I mean, I assumed it was on like a jump drive or something. Yeah. But she gets away Ada Wong style. Yeah. She Fujiko's him. And then they're like, the dude's like, I deleted it with my counter virus. It's like my counter virus ate it all up. Little, little, little child genius. Yeah, baby genius. I like his room. His room is fucking tight. I think I remember it. Yeah, it, like, well, the big, the centerpiece of it was like, uh, it looked like the body of a plane, which kind of framed his computer. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. You know what? My body goal is going to be to get ripped enough to be black costume Spider-Man. Tight. <laughs> you gotta go for it, man. I guess I should make mine Luke Cage. My head my head will be shaped just right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was trying to get Vanessa to be Luke Cage because she was wearing like a gold tank top. <laughs> oh, old school <laughs> Luke Cage. <laughs> it was Halloween. That would be tight. But um, in regards to, like, the reason why I say that there's probably some significance to the plot that they don't outright explain is um, when I was trying to come up with recommendations, I found an article that was about the depiction of Buddhism, or, like, elements of Buddhism in anime. And what it included is, I guess, like, a... And I'm not sure what, because there's so many different, like, versions, variations of Buddhism... Uh, the one featured in anime, I guess, is the one uh, most often practiced in Japan. And it stood out to me because it has... Um, it's not quite afterlife, but, like, the idea of existing in different... Of, like, different planes of existence. Shinto? Uh, Shinto has it, too. But, like, to, to this point that this version actually has hell. I don't have information on all of the planes... But uh, the two that come to mind in regards to this story are Hell Proper, which uh, I'll just read the description here, is, uh, or paraphrase the description, is for people consumed by hatred and anger. Unlike the Western idea of Hell, this version is not permitted if you're reborn. Well, sorry, this version is not permanent, so you don't go to Hell there and you're good. You're eventually reborn from this place after a while. But then, you know, in this hell, you will eventually die, and it's full of people who are consumed with, like, malice and hatred, and they're constantly trying to kill each other. (laughs) Um, The level above that... Sounds like Earth. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that, but um, I'll get to that. It's um, the layer above that. I don't know if it had a name proper, but it's... uh, the key factor of it is it's a realm of hungry ghosts and this is for people who were filled with greed and lust and uh, you'll be tormented by the aforementioned hungry ghosts who have desires that can never be completely fulfilled they'll always want more and more and they'll just keep taking and taking from one another with those in mind I want to say that the world as it is in that show in download is the realm of hungry ghosts. Everyone is just pursuing pursuing desires to various mm-hmm. degree, and they either can't seem to get them or can't seem to get enough from them. Uh, what the helmet does is take you to hell, hmm. like in my theory. And those who those who survive in hell 
transcend and become whatever this guy wants them to be, whether it's like the human plane of existence or the plane of uh, Ashura, which is for not quite, I guess it'd be like, it would be uh, equivalent to like a plane of demigods. You're above humans, but you're still kind of like wrathful and prideful. You aren't mm-hmm. quite ascended. Mm. And there's another uh, Buddhist element that I think factors in this, which are what what are called bodhisattvas. These are people who can attain the uh, level of Buddha, but choose not to. They instead remain in the uh, life-death cycle of reincarnation. So in their various uh, reincarnations, they can help those who are struggling. Hmm. And it's kind of like a noble path. I like that. Which is um, what I think, in the context of this show, the main character is supposed to be. Hmm. I've I've kind of thought about that. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I look at people with like that are really nice and really successful. Mm-hmm. It seemed genuine. Yeah. And, have like good times all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a good time. Yeah. Sometimes I, I think about like maybe like we are reincarnated and after you've done everything and you've seen most things, then you just get to live like a life of like goodness. Yeah. So like, kind of, like a peaceful life. Yeah. The idea just kind of floats in my. Well, it's not um, exclusive to Buddhism. I think that's actually what Nietzsche intended when he came up with the idea of the Ubermensch. Because remember, his thing was the uh, ideal of eternal return, the uh, life is a flat circle type deal. It -hmm. all just loops. Mm -hmm. What you do this time is the same as you did last time as the time before that, and it just kind of goes on and on. When it ends, it restarts. Mm -hmm. And his idea in regards to, at least as I understand it, regards to being the Ubermensch is the person sort of at peace or able to accept and embrace every part of life, regardless of, you know, whether it's the good part, the bad part. Yeah. And you make the most of what you have and kind of like do the best. Well, rather you do the best with what you're, what's put in front of you mm-hmm. each time without letting it uh, consume you, screw you up or. Yeah. It's, um, I think about that a lot too, especially with regard to the matrix. I just watched that recently. We watched the first two with my girlfriend mm-hmm. and there's the big theme there is that is, is kind of a looping cycle, but the, yeah. the, mantra that there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path mm-hmm. so and the, the oracle says that to Neo in the second movie she's like you're not here to make the choice you've already made it you're here to understand why you made it mm-hmm. so I just thought that was interesting mm-hmm. yeah well this is uh, one, of the, one of the many reasons why uh, the Matrix specifically the first one was so huge is that it took like the uh cyberpunk obsession and turned it into spirituality mm-hmm. like very uh transhumanistic mm-hmm. yeah and they it's, I, I need to rewatch the third one too my girlfriend was I had to like explain the second one after we watched it she was like I don't understand mm-hmm. what happened but I've seen it so many times that I like I it's pretty much get what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it does, they kind of push that farther as the series goes along more. And yeah. it's strange. It's fuzzy because I don't remember that third one, but the second one. Mm-hmm. It's all about like destiny and what does that really mean? And yeah. That's another discussion. Oh, yeah. Well, this just gave me an idea for another theme month. But, uh,. <laughs> Not sure when that'll happen. Oh yeah, I guess I guess in regards to talking about the whole Buddhist element, I gotta explain the name of the title. The whole full title. Yeah. Um, let's see. Download. Well, the anime itself is. Oh dear. Is called Download, but the full title is uh, Download Nami 
Namu Amida Butsu wa Aino Uta, or in loving homage to the Amida Buddha. Now, Namu Amida Butsu is like a chant that comes up in Buddhism. I'm not sure if it's exclusively that Japanese form of Buddhism or how across the board is it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what was it? Let me uh, go to that information I had. Let's see. So apparently there was a king named Dharmakara that lived billions of years ago on another world. He gave up his throne to become a monk and became a bodhisattva. Eventually he gained so much merit that he was able to create his own universe to serve as refuge for anyone who seeks enlightenment. The... I can't pronounce this word. Uh, apparently he exists in this world as the Amida, or the Amida Buddha, or the Buddha of immeasurable light and life. Uh, so in that regard, Namu Amida Butsu, I think literally means I take refuge in Amida Buddha, or, you know, it's kind of like retreating to a safe place created by this... Um, I guess it's like not quite Buddhist uh, entity, but by this bodhisattva. So it's kind of, I guess, um, as a chant, it's just kind of like a means of, like, I'm having a. This is one of these weird things I can make sense in my head, but I'm having a hard time explaining it. I want to say, in practice, the chant itself is kind of like uh, a focal point to help you. Uh, help you meditate, help you clear your head, help you uh, hone in on a place of internal peace. Mm-hmm. And um, what I think maybe, uh, I think I, I said that uh, in my theory is the, in regards to my uh, reading of this anime, <clears throat> the main character is the Amida Buddha. And what he's uh, offering people refuge from is the uh, the death mail, hmm. or maybe or the hell. Basically, the the hell buh, 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 the hell realm that the death mail puts people in. It's it's definitely an imperfect reading and limited by by limited understanding of Bo- uh, Buddhism, but I feel like. There's enough in there that this factors in is more than just coincidental. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it makes me want to watch it again, but I want to watch it in like HD or something. Yeah, like I'd really like a, a yeah, just like a remastered version of this. I'd like to see this all shiny. There's a lot going on. It makes me wish there was more of it. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I feel like that that's the the upside is you see some really um, interesting stuff when you go treasure hunting with OVAs. But the downside is, is you are quite frequently left with a feeling of, I want more, why isn't there more? Yeah. The epitome of this for us, I think, was Golden Boy. Hmm, yeah. But Golden Boy had a... Did that have a manga? There is a manga, but it's very different. Hmm. Something like that happened with me in a series called uh, Please Save My Earth. Mm-hmm. I went back and uh, it was something I saw in middle school and went back and rewatched with adult eyes and was like, this is amazing. Wait, mm-hmm. and thought, oh God, but there's no more. Wait, there is more. The manga, and the manga is very different. Mm-hmm. But I'll get into that when we talk about Please Save My Earth, which is yeah. also part of a theme month. Unfortunately, it's a theme month we won't get to till Joe gets back. Why do we need Joe? Um, well, the theme month is a uh, Bay Area public broadcasting channel called KTEH. He ain't paying no bills around here no more. Well, the, no, no, the, the KT, <laughs> no, see, the KTEH month is important because it was one of the bonding points for me, Joe and Ed. Mm-hmm. It's like we all met in Sacramento, but we discovered we were all Bay Area kids by a mutual love of that channel because it showed anime at a time where anime was hard to come by. Mm, I never saw it. 
Yeah, well, you got to be on there as like the outside looking in point. But there's mm-hmm. got to be more than just me gushing about how awesome this channel was. Was it called? Um, KTEH. KT, it actually kind of sounds familiar. Yeah, it's still going, but it doesn't run anime anymore. Well, I mean, from back in the day, it sounds familiar. I may have talked about it. Well, I mean, I feel like I might have seen it because I maybe they, like flipping through the channels, you may have saw like saw like episodes of Robotech. Uh, it, let's see, it ran Robotech. Um, how did you 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 know you've seen Tenshi Muyo, right? Yeah, but I saw that on Adult Swim. Okay. Because it ran Tenshi Muyo, Evangelion, Serial Experiments Lane, Key the Metal Idol, Bubblegum Crisis. Uh, did I say Evangelion already? Yeah. I feel like I would have just seen it in passing. would have been like, oh, cartoons. Let yeah. me watch it while I go to sleep. It also yeah. ran episodes of Red Dwarf. Mm. Like, it would just occasionally do Red Dwarf marathons. Mm. And old-ass Doctor Who marathons before it got popular. Hmm. Or I should say before it got popular in the States. Mm-hmm. They really did get popular. Mm-hmm. I've seen a season. I ain't seen none. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess recommendations... Recommendations were kind of hard because... Uh, there isn't a whole lot like this. There's a lot with elements mm-hmm. from this, which is all I can kind of recommend, but there isn't a whole lot there that's really like this sort of thing, this combination of uh, cyberpunk humor and foreign music. Like, like It's a very eclectic <laughs> mix of elements, which I love. But um, In regards to sort of like the archetype of the main character, the uh, perverted monk. The character archetype is actually not uncommon in anime, but it's usually a small element in an anime that's not about it. Um, The only anime I know that's specifically about that, and I haven't seen it, it's called... I don't know if I can pronounce this word. Um, I'm a need... Hold on, you've you've learned more Japanese than I have. Maybe you can send it in Skype. That's exactly what I'm doing. Because it's just just trying to say that word was hurting me. Yeah, what he said. And it came out in the states, and it got translated as "Ah, my Buddha." But it has absolutely nothing to do with uh, uh my goddess. Ah, my Buddha. <laughs> uh, the uh, story, it's basically a bunch of teenagers who live in a monastery and they're being trained as uh, monks or whatever the female equivalent is. It's it's a harem show. Mm. And the big thing is is that uh, amongst other things, uh, the big thing is uh, exorcisms. Like they have. Uh, there's conflict in the show. It's usually centering around ex- exercising uh, evil spirits. Mm. The uh, premise is that the main character is kind of this uh, lazy monk guy, but um, is also a pervert. And when he reaches like a certain level of lust, his exorcism powers go through the roof. <laughs> so the, uh, it, it's centering around the perverted monk character. Um, there's another, not quite the perverted monk thing, but does have like an element of, uh, Buddhism and humor, which, could you knock it off? <laughs> not sure about this whole camera setup, but it's a, uh, manga slash uh, animated film called Saint Young Men. And it's sort of a interesting what if, which is, a uh, what if in Buddha, what if Buddha and Jesus uh, went to college together and shared the same dorm? <laughs> What's it called? Saint Young Men. I've read a little bit of the manga. It's adorable. It sounds funny. It's pretty funny. Um, now this is one of those... This next one is one of those instances I explained before where there is the perverted monk character, but it's not central. It's important enough to mention, even though I don't think this anime is necessarily bad. I just really like to make fun of it for 
instances for elements of it that I don't like, which is Inuyasha. <laughs> but there's uh, one of the uh, main four characters is a... Catman. Well, there's... I think he's a he's like a dog demon. But no, the guy I'm talking about is a perverted monk who quite regularly gropes people and gets punched in the face and beaten up. There is one of those in in um, Wakai Tensho? Uh, that was it taken to the utmost extreme, where he was like wrestling with the perversion and kind of like holding it back, made him resentful towards women, mm-hmm. and created another instance of him in that he would like imagine murdering them. Mm. And it made him crazy. But if you want to hear more about that, there's our Makai Tensho review and the mm. Makai Tensho film. Now, the film, to be clear, he's um an unrepent he seems to be an unrepentant evil piece of shit and everything else. Whereas there is a slightly tragic element to him in the Makai Tensho film. Um now on the cyberpunk end of things, the two things I want to recommend are Akira, since there's a clear influence there. Mm-hmm. And the other, which is a uh Sadly overlooked a cyberpunk anime called Cyber City Oedo, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about when we do our uh, cyberpunk month proper. I love cyberpunk. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Joe likes it too. Mm-hmm. We like cyberpunk on this podcast. It's some good shit. Uh, if I can recommend another cyberpunk film, in, I think it would be a sl- somewhat apt recommendation because it's another cyberpunk uh, effort that doesn't doesn't go full cyberpunk, but applies those elements to another setting, which is, um, oh my god, brain fart, why am I, Strange Days. I still haven't seen it. Which is like a cyberpunk film set in 19, I think it's supposed to be 1999, but the film was made in 93. Mm-hmm. I need to see that big time. It's fucking good. Yeah, I need to see. I think it's Catherine Hardwick movie, isn't it? Uh, she's the chick that did. Um, was uh, it? I always confuse Catherine Hardwick and Catherine Bigelow. It's Catherine Bigelow. It is. Yeah, it's Catherine Bigelow. She's the one that did the Hurt Locker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. James Cameron's ex-wife. I think they both worked on Strange Days. Hmm. I think. I'm not sure. Because I know there was another big name associated with it. Yeah, I need to see that, man. The movie is good. It's a 90s film. Is it Ray I'm Fiennes in that saying. movie? Yep. I love Ray Fiennes. It, it was funny seeing him in those new Bond movies. <laughs> he was in Schindler's List. Yeah, he's one of those actors I see a lot in... I saw a lot and didn't pay too much mind to till strange days. Hmm. Um, um, He's in Hurt Locker. That makes sense. They know each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking. Why can't I remember? I can't remember nothing tonight. Fucking. What was the name of that motherfucker? Fucking Quicon Jin. <laughs> <laughs> why can't I remember his goddamn name? Well, you remembered him clearly by his best role. <laughs> Liam Neeson, who was also Liam Neeson. Well, well, Liam Neeson is um, he he's another instance of that where it wasn't until a certain I can't even remember what movie it was came out that I noticed. Oh yeah, he's been here the whole goddamn time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Liam Neeson's. Liam Neeson's. And Bruce um, Willie. Well, I gotta recommend Blade Runner. We talked about already. Oh, yep. Yeah. We talked about already, a... and Captain Bebop talked about already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we ha- I have to recommend Schindler's List now. <laughs> Ray Fiennes and uh, Liam Neeson. Yep. Uh, Brain Scratch. Um, maybe Cowboy Funk on the Western element. There's a part of me that wants to say Bohemian Rhapsody, but I'm not sure if I'm just remembering things wrong. Bohemian Rhapsody is the chess. That was the chess master, mm-hmm. with all the other stuff going on in the background. I'll, I'll recommend it. And um, what was the episode with the VHS tape? 
that's a good one. I think that's not my funny Valentine, is it? I don't think so. No, they said it's another one where it's near the end where is it? It's not the episode where Ed goes away. It's the no. Episode. I know it's. Hold on, I just gotta look it up. It's a face centric episode. Yeah, it is. Because the VHS tape is like of her childhood, I think. Mm-hmm. It was like a video she made to herself. It was like, you know what it was? It was one of those. Um, what what do you call those projects that were like? Would pop up a lot in uh, sitcoms and. Time capsule. Time capsule, yeah. It was like a time <laughs> capsule thing. I just watched an episode of the Star Trek cartoon. Where apparently in the Star Trek universe, this is canon, billions of years before uh, any civilization, there was a slaver civilization that enslaved all of the races. And then another race revolted and everybody died. And then billions of years later, our civilization started. Oh, yeah, like ancient, the idea of like an ancient civilization and. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they played with that a lot. Like, uh, what is these, it? Uh, they had these little boxes mm-hmm. that they that were like artifacts that are really rare that Spock found, and uh, some of them have like pictures. And the the thing with the boxes is they preserve whatever's in it perfectly. Like, time doesn't pass in the box. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they'd be like a picture of a slaver, or they'd be like a weapon, or they'd occasionally be like a uh, a grenade with a pin pulled out. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see. Sabotage. Um, the episode was uh, Speak Like a Child. Because huh. I was sitting there thinking for a second it was a hard luck woman, but I think that was the episode where um, Ed left. I feel like that's an earlier one. I'm looking at the list right now. Hard Luck Woman become it comes after Brain Scratch and this before Real Folk Blues Part One. Hmm. Yeah, I initially name? thought Hard Luck Woman was the episode called Wild Horses, <laughs> but uh. With wild horses. Wild Isn't horses. That no, Wild Horses is when uh, Spike goes to get his uh, racer repaired. Do hand. Yeah. Tom Waits looking motherfucker. No, is. Andy is a cowboy funk. Oh dear. <laughs> this camera was a mistake. When you see it. Uh, I don't want to talk about this. Would you stop? <laughs> I'll send you some death mail in a minute. Uh, I guess uh, anything you want to say. Okay, that's it. I gotta cut this short. <laughs> Mike's getting way too weird. <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Mike is losing his mind. So I remembered. Uh, pardon for the lack of enthusiasm, Mike. I had to drop a mostly successful version of this recording when I kind of my niece busted in through the room like a Kool-Aid man. But, uh, yeah, I remembered what I forgot in the intro. I've got to thank uh, Jonathan Tappan at Funblog, uh, the person who wrote the article I cited over the course of this episode regarding Buddhism. The article in question being more than you ever wanted to know about Buddhism and anime. Uh, typing that into Google should get you there, but if you want the URL, it's uh, bugfox.net slash fun 2011 slash 02 slash 14 slash Buddhism hyphen and hyphen anime slash yeah, the whole thing. Alright. Now that I've got plugs out of the way, let's do some plugs. Um, the song you're listening to is Synthetic Highway. Uh, please check out the artist, creator, whatever, at soundcloud.com slash submorphine. That should be hyphen M-R-P-H-I-N-E. Uh, 
The song you're going to hear next is Anime Rocket. Please check out the creator at facebook.com slash squarion. S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Squarion's got a project they'd like me to plug, Project Stick Part 2. It's part of an ongoing Flash series, and you can find it at facebook.com slash project stick. Um... Our website will hopefully be up soon. We are making efforts to get that thing up and running again. Until then, you can find us at soundcloud.com slash Radio. We're on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Radio. Twitter at Radio. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, Google. Play. Uh, you can get at the individual hosts on Twitter. I'm at Otaku Connect. Mike's at Hyper 90s. And Joe's at NAGP Returns. And I think that's everything. At least I hope so, because I think I'm running out of music again. So thank you for listening. Have a good night, people. Made of the jar on top of a robot body on top of a giant floating seven head. <laughs> this is the most weeaboo bullshit ass weeaboo bullshit I've ever seen. You got it, AWO. Closing up the theme month is I City. <laughs> <laughs>